Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. What's up, hot queens? Did you bring the baby gherkins? <laughs> this is when I really felt like maybe we shouldn't do this podcast. Astronomical. I hate to see it. Wasted potential. Are you drunk? So <laughs> drunk. I am so drunk right now. Previously on Modeland. So, the TLDR for Chapter 5 of Modeland, which is titled Smacking Into Mirrors, Toki enters her bedroom. She shares it with Miracle. It's a complete pigsty on Miracle's side, and Toki is frustrated by this. She sits back in bed, is consumed by a daydream in which she is trying to make out with Theo, and her and Miracle exchange this, like, kind of barbed conversation when Toki tries to kiss the mirror. Toki then passes out, wakes up, sleepwalks, enters upon her father doing acrobatic stunts in the living room, and they have almost a tender moment until Tookie messes up, again daydreaming, and her father falls and hurts himself and then tells her to leave because no one likes her. Oh my god, you're here! Did you bring the rainbow unitards? I I did, actually. I'm wearing several uh, right now, so we can put them in a pile later in front of the door. Uh, but did you happen to bring the wrinkle redux cream? I did. I'm starting to need it. <laughs> me as well. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Celebrity Book Club. I am Clarabelle Ortega. I am Ryan LaSala. And we're two authors delving into the world of celebrity pen books. Woo! Oh. Okay, let me just close the door. Mm-hmm. We're back at Eunice's. Did you happen to get one of those, like, little, like, mini um, bagel bites that she had out? Oh, yeah, Something and the like. cream cheese. So excited. Yes. Pearl put a bunch in my bag. I was like, thanks, Pearl. She's so oh, sweet. Bless Pearl. Her. She knows. She knows. She's like... She knows. Do you think she... Should we invite her to this? I feel like she doesn't really want to sit in a closet, but I feel like she is, like, having maybe, fun watching, you know? Maybe we can make it comfortable for her. We'll ask her one of these okay. days. Yeah, yeah. So today we're doing chapter six of Model Land by La Tyra Banks. Yes. Stunning. The longest. Statuesque. <laughs> yes. Stro- 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 uh, strobotronic stars with stupefying stratospheric struts. That's the, this is the title of the chapter. Just so you know, I'm not just like, I'm not having a seizure. Like that's, that's actually. <laughs> having a stroke. And- <laughs> yeah, a, stroke of ge- a stroke of genius. Also an ST word. 
I'm surprised that strokes didn't make it into this. That would be very Tyra, but there's still yeah. time. There's t- later. This is one of those. Maybe books she'll where, use like, this title again and add strokes <laughs> to the end. This is one of those books where, like, I actually kind of expect the the um, letters to rearrange themselves after I'm done reading because what I read, I feel like, is like a symptom of like something going wrong inside my mind, not actual mm-hmm. words on a page. Yeah, it sort of feels like taking an edible. <laughs> yeah, like, or an edible took me. Like, it's unclear where the power is here. It's NyQuil. It's this book is NyQuil. This book is NyQuil. It's Tyquil. Get it? <laughs> Tyquil. <laughs> Chapter 6. Stunning, statuesque, strobotronic stars with stupefying stratospheric struts. So, there's a lot going on. The- this might be a longer episode. I need, uh, yeah, I need everyone to buckle up because there's so get a much snack. to talk. Yeah, get, get comfortable, grab a friend, let someone know that, like, you're safe because you're not going to, they're not going to hear from you for the next, like, hour. <laughs> so yeah, lots to talk you're going to be thinking, you're going to have a lot to think about. Yep. That's all we have to say. Yeah. Uh, so we start, we get back to our Greek chorus slash Tyra Banks slash Miss J narrating, um, which we sort of took a, there was a departure from that, yeah. but we're back. We're back. And they're basically um, describing Ladorna to us, right? Right, right? So it says, now it's time to dish about Ladorna, darlings, the most <laughs> desirable quadrant in all of Metopia. So it's talking about how the weather's perfect, how it smells really nice. Yeah, um, sweet smelling seawater. Wants, right. Yeah. How everybody wants to live there, which, you know, if you are surrounded by filth like everyone else, like it... All they've talked about is how bad it smells in Peppertown and, like, the surrounding quadrants. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely want to live here. But it is not so easy. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you have to be rich to live there. But not only are do you have to be rich, but they, are, they like, put you through an impossible, like, inspection they process. They scour where... your bank accounts. They examine every purchase. They break, <laughs> they break into your house and inspect the labels on your clothing. And my favorite... Um, they actually run a DNA test on your, your Pekingese <laughs> to make sure that they have the right pedigree, which I yes. thought was incredible. No, no mutts uh, not allowed. A, not a single mutt. Only like, very, like highly inbred dogs only. Right. You can't have a knockoff handbag. Uh, if you have one, you get a stamp, a big red denied yeah. on your Ladorna residency application. Yep. But... There is an exception to this rule. Mm, I wonder what that could be. And it, well, actually, just give us a hint. It ends with Ella. <laughs> <laughs> it begins with I and ends with Ella, yeah. which is exactly what the book says. Um, and then it says, and guess what? We're just about to sneak a peek at a few of them. Seven of them, to be exact. Unless, so it's like, the Intoxabellas. Yeah, the Intoxabellas, okay, right? I, this is great, though, because you know what? Like... Finally, we are going to, like, put our eyes on what has been set up to be, like, one of the major, like, features of the plot, right? Like, the Intoxibels apparently are, like, really important to the society. We haven't really seen them yet. I feel like most books, especially in YA, like, you kind of get eyes on the prize pretty early on, but here we yeah, are, taken chapter us six. For, it's taken us yeah. entirely too long to get here. We're on page 60. Yeah. But I have so much excitement, though. Like, the, the well, the fact that, like, we have this, like, Greek chorus telling us, you know, ex exposition basically about like the setting whatever but i'm excited the second i read that i was like oh fuck like things are about to go crazy and i was not disappointed <laughs> you were right True. Um, 
So we have another uh, transitional little M mm-hmm. for Modeland. We don't know the name of it. We're sorry. We're dumb. <laughs> we haven't looked it up yet. <laughs> Own voices for dumb bitches. That's <laughs> what this podcast is all about. Um, so the first note I took was, and this is just a testament to how overloaded with information my brain is about this book because I knew that Miracle was considered good looking, right? But the way she's described in this chapter is stunning, so beautiful, it was difficult to look at her for too long. Have we heard of her being like this beautiful before? Did I just block it out of my mind for self-care reasons or what was it i would and if you did i wouldn't blame you but it's (laughs) like it's i think it's previously described that she is just much more beautiful than tookie like basically her beauty is an inversion of tookie's ugliness and so i think that's what we've gone so far but we don't we don't know that she's like the most beautiful person among everybody else that's sort of new information that she's super duper gonna stand out okay good that's what i thought i was like huh all right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and then here writers, comes... don't do that. You you lead with the you lead with the information. You don't bury it. And then here comes Tookie, our googly eyed, like <laughs> idiot mismatched. He's so googly. Gargantuan hair, googly eyes. <laughs> I still to this day like whatever like anyone's described. I see everyone else as like a person, and then I see like a Muppet for, for Tookie because she's exactly. That's why I hear I'm Tookie. I'm forgettable. <laughs> I'm spooky! And, like, she's, like, lumbering along behind her, like, mother, who's described, again, like, oh, poor Creamy cannot catch a break. Nubile-bodied, but, like, (laughs) monster-faced. Like, she's she's just always hideous from, like, the neck up. Not a description. Creamy cannot enter a room without Tyra Banks being like, she's got a wrinkle! Did I tell you she's full of wrinkles? Full of them. She's a wrinkly bitch. So everyone is staring at them, and Tookie contemplates that, and she's wondering if it that people think that they're not related, which is like, well, maybe, like, Tookie and Miracle are friends. Like It could, it could be foreshadowing, are, you know, maybe they took her in. Huh, I have a theory about this, Did we're you? gonna talk about it Oh, later. we're gonna get to that a little bit later. Okay, <laughs> I also have thoughts on this, I will keep my mouth shut about it, but they are, by the way, they're, they're at um, Ladorna, this, like, high fashion district because they're going to the mall and like this place is like the best shopping and mind you this Mm -hmm. is um the day before t-dod and so the whole mall is basically bedecked in it's basically like christmas shopping it's like people all over the place um Mm. running around trying to prepare for um the day of discovery uh when they'll walk and you know hopefully be noticed by somebody we don't really oh the um Actually, we don't know who it is yet, but we'll find out in this chapter. We'll find out, yeah. yeah. We do find out. Which mm-hmm. is exciting for me. There's there's T-Dot-themed gear everywhere, which I would just love to see. What does that look um, like? <laughs> what does it look like? There's also a butterfly sanctuary, which, okay. That's not kind of nice. I really laughed at this part. So there's a screen on an exterior wall showing days of discovery from years past <laughs> with thousands of girls walking frantically in the Torna Square. <laughs> so... <laughs> These girls are walking, right? So, like, when you think of the Day of Discovery, you think of models walking down a runway. That's what I've been picturing this whole time. But this paints a picture of girls, like, power walking and, like, like, like a bunch frantic. Of Just, like, yeah, it's like a right. big square bumping into one another. It's like playing sharks and minnows. Oh, my God. It made me laugh so hard. I love that. I somehow missed this. This is not my copy. <laughs> Yeah, I I'm I'm lightly annotating this co- this book, and I wrote LOL for right after that. So so everyone is 
there's like it's described as pandemonium, right? Like yep. everyone's mm-hmm. at this mall. It's really loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the descriptions is everyone spoke at once, their high pitched <laughs> voices mixing in the air and sounding like a squawking flock of wild geese, which is so ridiculous. <laughs> and in my mind, at first, I was like, "What did people like get dresses beforehand?" And I was like, "Uh, not really. People are procrastinators. I could totally see this happening." So yeah, you also I feel get, like, like that's the best thing for your uh, like merchandisers are not going to necessarily put out things well in advance because they know that people will pay like top dollar if they sort of like say so i i could see them i think that this this is a frenzy that's manufactured the people mm-hmm. of the ladorna mall they know what they're doing those are people they're specialists claribel yes yeah. um so they're 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 going to the jerk flagship store jerk is spelled J- j-u-r-k but this is either alluding to some sort of designer yeah that i don't brand that, that I don't i'm know too about. poor yeah. to know about <laughs> Or she's trying to say, like, allude to it, like, jerks, as in, like, people who suck. But I think the former, guess... because, like, there's, like, Chanel-ish things, like, in here. Like, we've got, like, Paris analogies. Like, I think it must be something that we don't... If Okay, if you're listening to this and you know what this is, like, an allusion to, let us know. We are too unfashionable. Don't know these brands, so please don't. Yeah, we're, we're just too poor, yeah. okay? Yeah. We're not unfashionable. We try, but we just don't have the money. That's right. We are, we are fashionable, but it's like Zarpesa fashion. Like, we are, like, trash people with, like, one nice bag. Yes, Zarpesa. Zarpesa. She's we been, love, yeah, we I love hope she her. comes back soon. <laughs> Me too. I'm waiting. They go up six escalators to pass the mm-hmm. mid-fashion. They, they go past the mid-fashion. Right to the top level. Straight to the jerk flagship, like you said. I love the description of, like girls running around wearing three dresses at once because they don't want to, like, lose the dress that they're wearing. And they they describe it as, like, it's helter-skelter. This basically just sounds like a Forever 21, which makes me miss malls. Oh, I want to go back to the mall. (laughs) Oh! Well, one of these days, we'll be back. Truly. Uh, Tookie has another, like, FOMO moment where she feels a pang of longing. And then she says, normal mothers helping their normal single-color-eyed daughters. Tookie thirsted for a drink of it. thing is just so, it's so, so important. Heterochromia is like the sought-after thing, and it has been for such a long time. Heterochromia being, like, in, like, dog breeds, for instance, like, huskies, like, we have to have them have different... Like, it's, like, a big deal. People know about it. The fact that it's such a thing in this world, I would love to see... I'm gonna... Don't cancel me for saying this. I would love to see some, some like, prejudice put towards Tookie about these eyes. Because she's so fixated right. on them. But they never come right. up outside of her own mind. Like, she, they could have showed, like, a simple ad about, like, a before and after for, like, an eye surgery. Right, like an like, eye correction. Get rid of yeah. this thing. And, like, whatever. I don't know. Also, do colored contacts not exist in this world? Like, wouldn't you think if it's such a big deal? Whatever. Yeah, it's... This, this is a distraction from the real meat of this chapter, which is this girl named Janif, who is, like, <laughs> being reprimanded by her mom in the background, who was Miss Metopia 26 years ago. Hello, she knows fashion, which I, like, loved that moment, because basically, like, that's the same thing that's, like, creamy, also, like, a former pageant queen. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's like, fashion, love, honey. fashion honey. Look it up. <laughs> Exactly that. I was like, that, like, a drag queen is playing that role of Miss Metopia 26 years ago. That's also going to be me in 26 years. There's a moment where they describe the rack letting out an ear-splitting screech. Mm-hmm. Why is everything so loud? Like... <laughs> Sensation. See, it would have made sense for me. Like, everybody's yelling or whatever yeah. because they're... But it would have made sense for me for all of the inanimate objects in Ladorna to be more elegant and to have, like, beautiful sounds as as opposed to, like, 
these loud, oh, you're intrusive so noises yeah. that we see in Peppertown. Otherwise, what's the point of the world building? Ladorna right? sounds like a complete mess. Like, it sounds awful. Mm. And it does not sound like this, like, high-end store that... At least not to me. Maybe that's maybe this is what rich people actually are like in like retail shops. But in my head, like I, I guess like I think of like the Apple Store where everything's like spaced apart and like quiet. This is not that. This is a complete mayhem. Immediately, Miracle picks up a dress and Creamy's like, "What are you gonna perform in a cabaret?" And like slaps her. <laughs> she doesn't actually, but like like shoves her down and was like, "No, that's ugly. You're ugly." And then she finds something else for her. What does she find? Oh, she, it has to be an original. And it must not clash with the smize. This was odd to me. The fact that, like, Creamy comes out and says it, that she has a smize, because there's been such, like, a, like, frantic cult around, like, finding a smize. I don't think that I would be very public if I had one. I think I would probably keep it to myself. Even though that one girl was on the news, like, right. holding it up or whatever. But, the but then they were the like, sm- you can't yeah. tell people right. about you can't it. Tell people. And here like- Creamy is, like, yelling about it in the middle of, like, the place where people are most likely to overhear. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's just too many screeching noises, so she feels comfortable saying secrets. Then Tookie suggests Pants. that that maybe, you know, Miracle could wear pants <laughs> because that would be original. And no. Mrs. Dillacrem. I'm not like other girls. I wear pants. In horror. And she says, pants are not majestic, which I love. I love like, that. Like, what the fuck? I, I, I've actually <laughs> taken that on into my life, too, since I read that line. I've thrown it. I've actually sewed together the legs of every pair of pants that I own. <laughs> Now I'm majestic. <laughs> it's now a pencil skirt. It's a pencil skirt. Pencil skirts. Uh, amazing 90s fashion is back. Um, so then we finally find a dress. Like Mrs. Uh, Delacram Creamy. Mm-hmm. She finds a nude colored strapless gown with tons of tulle. Yeah. And it's vintage. And it's vintage. Which. Which. Uh, oh. Yeah. So t- Tookie. <laughs> You go ahead. You you go ahead. I feel like this is a moment of like like we learn like Tookie's true colors because Tookie notes like oh my god it's vintage. If my mother saw this, she would like immediately throw it away because we know that like Creamy has this animosity towards things that are even vaguely aged. But instead, like Tookie doesn't say anything about this, and I'm like I I don't think again that we'll see the fruition of like this foreshadowing. But I'm like oh my god. Is Creamy gonna like notice this last minute and like flip out about this? Like, is it gonna like become a plot point? But no, no, Creamy, Creamy doesn't know. Toki just keeps her mouth shut and like answer this dress. See, I read it totally different. Really? I read it that I read it that Creamy did see the label, but she just didn't care. Why um, though? What's the point of like that exchange then? If she doesn't care about it, like, why tell us that she would care and then immediately contradict it? I don't know, because it's it's like, if she's so focused on it being designer, wouldn't she look at, on the label? like? Well, they're in the Jeremy Jerk boutique, so. I guess so. I don't know. I feel like the point was that, for whatever reason, Creamy didn't care that it was vintage this time, and I thought that was going to be like, oh, why, you know, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. but... That, that's just my conspiracy theory brain um, working overtime. <laughs> Something's happening. They get the dress. Yep. And then we they exit onto a street teeming with vendors. And um, there's a lot of where the hell is CL uh, trinkets. Like merchandise. Like this woman is missing and they've turned like the case of her missing into 
merchandise, which that actually sounds about right. It tracks. (laughs) Yeah, that tracks. It really tracks. (laughs) This one line about, like, how they're showing, like, they're trying to describe, like, how famous Yale actually was. And it says, one season, all of the designers during LaDorna Fashion Week had decided to have CL be their only model. CL starred solo on 82 runways that season. Like, is that even possible? Also, like, is that even, is that even glamorous? Like, I would, I would, she's, first of all, she must be exhausted. Second of all, like, it brings us back to that image of girls frantically walking without any sort of direction through the store. She had to try on several looks to put on, like, each show, I'm imagining, right? Like, that just sounds, I don't know, it makes her sound very overworked and this does not sound like glamour to me at all all. it sounds like she was sweaty and tired and (laughs) sprinting through these fashion shows and like whoever was in the audience for these shows was bored because we have to wait for this one model (laughs) to get changed between every single walk like it would take ages for one show to finish i imagine like one of those uh like meme videos where it's like utterly silent except for the sound of like cl in the background like changing her (laughs) clothes and the crowd is just like sitting there like as they wait for it, like, coming. And the music, like, picks up again, because, like, it would be several hours for a show. It just sounds, it sounds miserable. But It does, uh, it definitely uh, does sound apparently miserable. Apparently it was, apparently it was awesome. I mean, apparently it was really the, the milestone of her career. And then she, she immediately goes missing, and we've made merchandise. This is, where the hell is CL? Which, by the way, if you're ever looking for a gift for me, get me a shirt that says that. I would definitely rock that shirt. That sounds like fun. Um, I would too. Yeah, yeah, truly. Hey, hey listeners, if you're looking for a gift. (laughs) Get us merch. Please. We meet a vendor vendor. who is immediately described as shady. (laughs) We don't know why. And I can only think that Tyra has a very like rudimentary way of like classifying humans. Yeah. And it's like, the kind of stuff that a middle schooler in, like, 1995 would have believed, right? Yeah. Which is that, like, people who work service jobs are <laughs> yes. automatically shady right. or scary or whatever. Right. And, like, you would, like, yeah, she says shady, and you imagine, in, like, Tara's imagination, that, like, immediately he's gonna be like, hey, a girl, you, you wanna buy some drugs? And somehow <laughs> what he says is much worse, though. He says, hey there, funny-looking girl, wanna buy a piece of CL? Uh, <laughs> like a body part or something, like... Horrible. And we waste no time. Like, she doesn't actually think about what that might mean. She just sort of, like, walks by him being like, no, I'm good. Right. And and it's also, like, it's it's telling disguised as showing, which Tyra does a lot. Yeah. And, like, overhearing things, right? Or, like, like newscasts. Like, these sort of, like, yeah. mechanisms that she uses to build the world or tell us different information in this case, it's this man saying, hey, they're funny looking girl, but there's no like real consequence. Like he doesn't look at her weird. Like it just doesn't work. It's just another character describing her. It's like when we have like a TV show where everyone's like, this character's brilliant. They're brilliant. They're brilliant. Mm-hmm. But we never actually see them do anything mm-hmm. to warrant that brilliance. We're just supposed to believe it because they keep telling this us that over and over again and other people keep telling us that but that still doesn't prove anything i disagree i think the proof is in the pudding here he offers her a body part i think that that (laughs) is completely shady i'm imagine like after last chapter with like our 10 foot daddy like skewering his eyeball on a five foot sword like like really any any body part could be anywhere like i don't know how these people get into these accidents but if he had like a finger or something i wouldn't be surprised 
Well, I was I was re- referring more so to him calling her funny looking yeah, than how she <laughs> described him. Like that's whatever. But um, yeah. we're never going to see this vendor again. He doesn't really matter. It's so weird to introduce much. him because then the next paragraph is all about um, we meet we meet a new character called Wing Wingtip. <laughs> um, oh God! And this this frustrated the hell out of me. Like I can like tell that. Well, actually, I don't know if this will be my thorn. We have a lot of ground to cover. Like this chapter is barely <laughs> begun. Um, but. Uh, another shady man, and again, like shady being like just like flat shadiness. Like we actually don't know about what about him is shady. He shows up, and this annoyed me. Um, it's this man that Tookie remembers from her walks home. Um, this like basically this like vagabond like hobo type character like comes out of the woodwork, and Tookie says like, "Oh, I like to herself." She's like, "I know who this person is." Like, and I know that he's creepy. Again, we don't get like a full description of him or anything like that. Um. But we watched her walk home before. Why not throw him into, like, chapter two or whatever it was? Just to, like, make it a little bit more, like, I don't know, believable that she's seen this person before. Because what we get instead is that she's like, and here now is a character that I'm very familiar with and that I see a lot. And I'm just going to, like, let you know that. Like, no actual preceding scene with this person. But he shows up anyways, and she's like, I'm very familiar with this person. Um, And they have, like, a little exchange. So, again, he's... Faintly wrinkled, which seems to be like you have to be wrinkled to have a to be bad, either yeah. a bad person or have like or like a sad sympathetic figure mm-hmm, in this book. Mm-hmm. So like wrinkles are like wrinkles are a big deal it's a to Tyra. Like they're really a character asset. Um, so this character Wingtip is described as being like really sad. Like he has. Just this one wingtip shoe slung over his shoulder, and I guess he's holding it. I found that really funny that it was just the one shoe because it's not like he had two shoes and they were connected with like he tied the shoelaces so they like sort of hung over his shoulders. No, yeah. it's just one. So he's holding the shoelace the whole time. Yeah, I, that doesn't. I didn't get this seem... either. I didn't think. I didn't put too much thought into it. I barely even took that detail into my mind. I just. It's called wingtip. We're gonna we're gonna run with it. <laughs> so Tookie locks eyes with him, and yeah. she freezes because she's not used to being seen. However, the vendor the literally <laughs> just saw her and called her funny, funny looking, right. like not even a page ago. Right. Like literally, was the last paragraph. And so that's inconsistent. Super inconsistent. And all it takes is like lo- like locking eyes with this person, and her mother immediately sees this happen. Like she's there's a spotlight on this girl and her mother's like stop looking at that like what have i told you about like eye contact with strangers like pulls her uh, also, pulls her away also also there's like again the the motion like the choreography of this book it's so off because they exited the store you, you assume they're walking through to go home right, right there's a vendor but did they stop somewhere? Like they didn't. They like they. Didn't, she doesn't even describe. Like they stopped somewhere, and like now this guy is, is described as being a few feet away. She sees him, but then the mom is like telling her not to look at him, and it seems like there's a lot going on in that moment, revolving around this guy. Where where it's like, are they standing still, or are they? Go, are they walking? Like, what is going on? Where are they? Right. I, think, <laughs> I just don't yeah. have a sense of place. I don't even, it's not even, it's like indefensible. I'm not even going to try <laughs> with, with with that. But like, the fact that her mom's like literally like, what have I told you about making eye contact with the demented? Like, oh my God. Like, you know, the demented. Uh, now we have to deal with like that. We have like defective, we have demented. A lot of, uh, 
a lot of iffy language, I would say, in this book to describe, like, the poor, basically the people in the service industry and, like, below. That's kind of where we're, right. that's where we're at in terms of, like, classism in this book. Very conflated mm-hmm. to ableism. Tookie compares Wingtip to Lizzie. Of course. And because they both speak to themselves, right? Yeah. And it's another, like, theme we were talking about before of how her and her dad in the last chapter both, she describes them as being defective. Um, it, it seems like Tookie gravitates towards people who are considered, like, weirdos. Like, it's that whole Jughead monologue yes. from Riverdale. Yes. I'm a weirdo. In case you haven't noticed, I don't fit in. But then he does he does something kind of tender. This this kind of this this caught me off guard. While she's like looking at him and basically like critiquing him. She hasn't said anything to him yet. He goes, "You all right?" And Tookie's jaw mm-hmm. dropped, and so did mine. I was like, "Wow." It's like the first time anyone's shown any sort of like, "Hey, like, you okay, girl? Like, is something going on <laughs> with you?" Like, this is actually the first time anyone's shown our dear Tookie any like even Theo in the beginning, like, sees her, and, like, I think he asks, like, are you digging through the trash or something like that? But, like, this is the first time that we get someone, like, invested. And I was like, oh, where is this going? And uh, yeah. the answer is nowhere. nowhere. <laughs> for now. <laughs> nowhere for, for now. now. Yeah, we'll come back to that, though. <laughs> He's also described as wearing crusty clogs, which I feel like I would like to use that as an insult at some point in my life. <laughs> um, he's, like, still looking at her, and it says they're a few feet away, right? But yeah. he, he asks her if she's okay, which means they're close enough to hear each other, despite everything being so super loud. And the which doesn't make a lot of sense too. to me. Like, Creamy just was like, let's go. Right, <laughs> and she's, like, talking shit about him. So did he hear her say all of those things? Like, she's like, ew, don't talk to him. Yeah, in my head, they're in, like, a close huddle. <laughs> they're, like, yeah, they're, like, all within, like, one Yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah. It's, like, everyone's, like, okay, stop. We gotta film this scene right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, and our camera only has, like, three feet of space, so everyone get in, a, like, a clump. We don't have time to think about any of this. I And I would love to hear what you think of this, because immediately, like, he asks if she's okay. And this is, oh my god, this is where things just, like, go off the chain for this chapter. A, like, storm bubbles out of the atmosphere. Oh and god. What, oh te- god. Please tell us what happens next. Uh, there's a loud boom. Yeah. The sky darkens. Yep. It's like a storm is coming, but the clouds are golden. <laughs> and everyone turns to look at the mountain in the center of town. Wait. Now, when was there a mountain? Where did the mountain get here? I think there's always been the mountain. Like, the mountain was, like, where the fog was, like, right, over it right. or something. But, like, how... But if we're... Okay. How is everyone seeing this? We're in a mall. The set, My sense of place... Okay. D- did it, So they left the mall. Are they outside of the maybe, mall or just outside of the store? Out, maybe, okay, let's imagine like, it's, like, a plaza. Like, just for the sake of this. Right. Yeah. Because they never described, like, the mall being a place where you can see outside of it. So this whole time, I'm like, how are they all seeing this mountain? Right. First of all. And also, I really don't like the fact that most of this book is described in close third, right? Yeah. So that means it's it's a third person narrative, but we're in Tookie's head. But instead of... I don't know. I guess you have to sort of say everyone turned, but... She can't know that everyone's keeping at the mountain because she's looking at it herself, right? Right. Uh, So it's just like, there's a lot of like, again, the choreography is just really off for me in terms of the movement and everything. It's just a hot mess. Extending on that. So this is sort of like, this is like throughout the rest of this chapter. The mountain is described as if we have like a 
bird's eye view of it, or like we're right next to it, or we're sort of floating above it. Like we get, we will we'll actually get a ton of visuals of this mountain, and all of them um, are like in this panoramic view that like Tookie, as you know, we know that she's tall, but she's not like three thousand feet tall. Like she could not have, unless this mountain was like somehow perfectly framed in across like a lake or something like that where like everyone could see it but it it really like i was my my mind was boggled by like just like the spatial dimension of this whole thing because it it just doesn't fit (laughs) it doesn't fit at all it would have made so much more sense if there was a tell there were televisions everywhere (laughs) right or like these big screens that turned on and everyone saw like a broadcast were staring at the tv And Tookie saw that, and then she ran outside to see it firsthand. That would have, to me, made a lot more sense. Right. Because um, in the mountains, doing like really zany stuff, like the fog lifts, a storm comes down, like blue fire zips around the entire perimeter oh, of the mountain, so much. and like shoots up the mountain. Like there's blue fire. There's a perimeter of it. There's like a gigantic holographic screen that's like about to broadcast people. Um, a flock of birds of every species forms out the word model land. Like. This mountain oh. is doing everything, and I just, like, if, if I if I saw She's this... She's doing it all. Yeah, if, you know, among, like, my shopping, if I saw this happen, I would have thought that I was, like, about to... Like, I was in Pompeii. Like, I, this, would, this would not captivate me. It would send me running into a bomb shelter. It really made me laugh. Like, the one off lines from, like, people in the crowd... Oh, God! ...feels so funny to me. It feels a lot like what a play feels like when you're watching it, right? Because yeah. you're surrounded by all of these strangers. The fact that she's able to pick out, like, these one or two lines from people when supposedly everything's really loud. And this one woman says, it's happening! And rushes out of the mall. Another man's like, the shadows, cried a man, uh, who'd been washing windows on a high platform. <laughs> It's like she has eyes on absolutely everything. Yeah, she, she is truly. I mean, those eyes were described as googly, but we didn't know that. Like that was actually Hi, like, a god of eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I have googly she eyes. Sees everything. A man on a high platform washing a window. What? Like, oh god! I. <laughs> it's too much. How did you get in here? I'm just kidding. Hi guys, it's me, it's Ryan, and I am just popping in with like a quick question. Do you ever listen to Celebrity Book Club and think to yourself like, gee golly gosh, Clairmo and Ryan sure have a lot of shit to say about other people's books, but like what about their books? Are they not authors themselves? And the the answer is, first and foremost, yes we are authors with real books, and second of all, hey, you're in luck because I've got another book coming out on January 5th, 2021. Woo! I'm going to tell you about it. Okay, so the book is called Be Dazzled, and it's a queer contemporary rom-com that takes place in the world of competitive arts and crafts. That's right. It's about two ex-boyfriends that are battling one another during a cosplay competition at this huge comic book convention in, like, Everything is on the line. One of them is trying to prove to his famous artist mother that his art is real and reputable and that it matters. And the other one is just trying to figure out how to how to live life as his most authentic self. And so if these boys want to figure that out, they've got to find a way to compete against one another, but then also maybe work together. I don't know. You're going to have to read the book. And if you do, let me know how it goes. And 
If you're Tyra Banks and you're so moved to create an entire podcast about it, uh, consider the favor returned. I totally appreciate the sentiment. Anyways, that is quite enough of me talking about me. We are going to get back to Model Land and Tookie and Tyra Banks shortly. But yeah, just wanted to, to make sure you guys know that we are real authors. We've got real books. We hope that you buy them. And uh, and yeah, I really hope you guys check out Bedazzled. Again, it comes out on January 5th, 2021. You feel free to join me at the book launch. If you want more information, we will leave links down in the show notes, but also visit me at ryanlasala.com. And that's where you'll find all the information about my upcoming events, books, where to buy them, signed copies, all of that fun stuff. So yeah, anyhow, enough of this. Can't wait to see you guys back at Model Land Stat. Okay, kisses. Bye. Mwah. Kisses. Bye. <gasps> bye. Mwah. Ryan, why don't you read the description of the fog on the mountain for us? Because it's iconic. I'm ready. The fog of the mountain had completely evaporated, revealing the top of the mountain, which glowed like a metropolis at dusk. Hovering above the mountain was an illuminated eye, with its smize flourishes made up of millions of birds from a myriad of species. Toki had seen the phenomenon before, but never this close. A sleek, yet enormous, hand of smoke looped around the entire mountaintop and proceeded to spell a word with its white plumes of smoke. M-O-D-E-L-L-A-N-D. Model land. What the fuck? <laughs> there's, there's, there's hands. They're made out of smoke. The hands are drawing with more smoke. There are the what happened to the birds? There are birds like making an eyeball, and then like they get like smoked out immediately. Like, I do you know how many like... millions of birds are? That's so many birds. <laughs> I keep harping on this freaking choreography, but yeah. Well, you're about to get another sense of little movement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so everyone spills out into the sidewalk. So this is one thing that I really do not enjoy because, like, I want to be taken along with Tookie. Yeah. I want to feel Tookie running. Like, I feel like it could have been a really, like, sort of frantic moment for her to feel like she was carried by this crowd of people and, like, running with them. She she doesn't have to tell me that everyone else is running if we see her doing it. Right. And, like, we know she's surrounded by people. Yeah. And, like, it, those moments, like, really take us out of her head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really would have liked for that to happen because then later on we find out we're in the parking lot. And I'm like, when <laughs> did that happen? And it's because... The way that everyone spilled out onto the sidewalk is phrased. Like, it doesn't feel like Tookie is included in that, right? No. It feels like she's just watching everyone and no. she's not a part of it. Yeah. We're we're slipping into <laughs> omniscience, which is not a good look for Close Third. Because it is, yeah, right. it is a POV shift. Then, I see you have your attention, boomed a familiar voice. And this is important. This is like a, a piece of world building that I feel like we've been missing. Um, mm-hmm. as this person appears and, it, or like, sorry, this like voice booms and the, the clouds are booming as well. And we meet via this, um, this person called the Belladonna, who I think is some sort of authority figure for, oh, it actually says the Belladonna was the grand dame of the land on the mountain and the final decision maker about all candidates that are like mm-hmm. selected. So this is important. She's going to come in handy, but we basically have like the, like, this is like, you know, the headmistress or like the big boss of... Model Land is actually. I'm actually not even clear where Model Land is. If this, I think Model Land's on top of the mountain, right? 
I think so. So she must live there, but she's like she's like running shit. Like she's this is her big announcement she's, as we learned. She's at HBIC. Yeah, she's HBIC. Yeah. Um, at first, I thought Belladonna was the like little doll that Creamy always carries around, but sort of vanishes a lot of the time. Wait, what was her name again? Like, I I don't know. It was like, wasn't it like like it was like probably like Donna Bella or something like that. We're gonna find out they're the same person. Bellissima, yeah, yeah. It had the bell. I was close. I was it. close. So Bellissima is the other character, not Belladonna. Anyhow, the, the, there goes that conspiracy theory. <laughs> we never, you never know. You never know. Anything is possible. We find out that T Dodd is less than one sunset away, mm-hmm. as in tomorrow. And so the time has come, and I didn't know this was happening. Possibly missed it, but uh, we're going to be presented with this year's newly minted seven. And I got excited during this part. I was like, "Ooh, we're going to see who these Intoxabellas are." They're the most special girls in the world. Yes, the most. And she says each and every girl on the planet has a chance to be one of the enlightened. Could it be you like and that. Miracles screams? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and she's in the parking lot jumping up and down. She, yeah, she's like, this announcement's just to me. The Belladonna's talking into my brain. I do like the Belladonna. She a few times emphasizes that every girl has a chance, like, no matter yeah. what. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, great. Suddenly, like, there's some fairness in this world, but it seems to mm-hmm. only really be now that this is coming up. Anyhow, the the clouds swirled in the sky. Lightning bolts dance. So much swirling. There's a lot of swirling. We're about to meet the the seven. And also, just this is probably important to point out. So, like, people go to Model Land, but like, not everyone becomes a seven. It's sort of implied, like the graduating class of every year becomes like the seven, but they're like the best. Right to be selected. So I don't know. I actually, I could really do with like a, like a guidebook as to like how this works. Cause despite a lot of like frenzy around it, I'm really unclear about like what the actual like admissions process is and like kind of like what, what that looks like. But I'm assuming that'll kind of clear up. This is sort of the first glimpse we get into like kind of what happens, what a model is in this world. What I'm confused about is if you're admitted into model and are you an Intoxabella automatically or only the seven Intoxabellas, and why do they have two different names, if so? Right, well... Like, what's the difference between an Intoxabella and a seven? Well, the, Donna Bella says, or, sorry, Bella Donna says, as you all know, only seven girls graduate from Model Ant each year, and those talented seven join the ranks of the only famous people known throughout the world, the Intoxabella. So I think the Intoxabella is basically, like, uh, the alumni of Model... Of, uh, sorry, it's the alumni it. of... Model land, like it's like the larger, basically like model. So this is a modeling school. The, like it only graduates seven girls a year, but then they become intoxabellas who are worldwide famous people. I guess that that's how I thought of it. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, it doesn't, but it <laughs> makes sense for what we're you know what we're being it's, given. It's enough for now. It's enough to. It's just enough to keep going. So Tookie has a, a reaction to the world it, word intoxabellas. The, the word sent an uncomfortable shiver up Tookie's spine. And I'm I'm guessing this is like very heavy handed foreshadowing. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But I've just found myself wondering why she suddenly had a uncomfortable feeling. Right. I feel like it's too much awareness for something that she had no opinion of before. Right. right. Like. If Tookie, I, I, I almost wish that Tookie was like the super punk, like conspiracy theorist, like fucking, I don't believe in any of the shit, like model, model land is bullshit type of teen right. who like, yeah, th- like looked up all sorts of like things online about yeah, them. Yeah, like do you know what they or... do on that mountaintop? No one does. Like that would be a great <laughs> angle. Right. 
Right. Instead, like, she's sort of seen as apathetic about the whole Mm -hmm. thing. And then suddenly she's getting a bad feeling, which is just, like, it sort of contributes to, like, her her not like other girls uh, persona, right? Like, she just knows, like, intrinsically, just from hearing the word, even though she's heard the word many times before. Right. It doesn't quite add up with the Toki that we know so far. And, yeah, it's just... We, I don't know, again, Toki's sort of this, like, empty vessel, so whatever Tyra needs to tell us, she's gonna put in Toki's head, or her spine, or, like, you know, whatever. We get the chapter title in a second, so she says, again, Belladonna is like, without further ado, and then it's that, like, long sentence, a stunning, statuesque, strobotronic, a word that is new to me, um, stars, a stupefying and stratospheric struts, the seven, please worship them as the intoxibellas they have now become. Okay, so that fits. They are graduating right. to become Intoxabellas. Um, and this, this begins, I think, my favorite part of the book so far. This was great it's, for me. This, like, montage. It's wild. It's true. I have wild. something that's going to blow your mind even more, by the way. Um, oh, and God. Listeners, I'm so excited. It, you, you should know that seven is spelled with the number seven at the beginning. Do and, not forget that. And because, an S as well, though, just in case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah both. Yeah. So, oh, so here we find out that, that they're all wearing this golden belt called a centura and it allows them to, the intoxibellas to activate their inherent power it's, so this, this is, is like kind of weird to me because it's like okay so does that mean that people who are chosen on t-dod have magic inside of them because if anybody can do it does it mean that you tap into something that everyone in the world has or that they're chosen specifically because they have that inherent power because inherent implies like from birth right like something that's like yours always like naturally yeah yeah so that was like a little bit confusing to me this was a wrench in my idea of the world i had no idea that like magic was a like a a part of this but suddenly Toki's like oh these these women are intoxicating i fear them and suddenly they have like cinched waist belts that like activate their inherent powers and like but who has power like this this really blew my mind and like not Mm. in a not in a good way like the world like we fully (laughs) shift genres actually at this point yeah this is where magic is like suddenly introduced Mm -hmm. in like this really weird way i had such a hard time i have a hard time with descriptions in in general like descriptions are unless they're really well done it's hard for me to picture things so the the image of the mountain was really there were too many descriptors for me. Yeah, um, yeah that, that's so, not a you thing. I would I would defend that as just a, a flaw. Yeah, so so we're introduced to our first in Toxabella, our first seven, and her name is Evangelinda, right? right. The crowd is cheering, and then we, we, we see the image of Evangelinda expanded from the fiery bottom of the mountain to the misty top. The luminescent eye hovered above her head like a golden crown. Yeah. I think what we should do this week is we <laughs> should each draw what we think the mountain looks like. Okay. And we're going to put it on our Instagram. <laughs> I absolutely love this. Oh my God. Yes. I would love, uh, I, I actually have been like in my mind sort of like diagramming these things because it's the only way that I can sort of mm-hmm. figure out what's going on. And uh, yeah, no, I'm down. Let's do that. And you can actually draw. I cannot. So this is going to be a funny moment. So, okay. So Evangelinda. Yeah. So I don't know if you are 
if you ever had like an obsession with models or like really loved them, but I really loved uh, models growing up. And immediately I knew that Evangelinda was Linda Evangelista. Yes, yes. I thought, yeah, this is also where I thought this was going. <laughs> so she's, she's described as a chameleon, I guess a chameleon, right? Yeah, that's uh, her power. Maybe that's the French word for it, or maybe Tyra made it up. Maybe. I don't know. So we find out that her her appearance changes a dozen times over in the course of a few seconds, which absolutely is a Linda Evangelista thing. She's known for being able to pull off any look. Mm. That's like her, the famous thing about her, yeah. right? Like you put her in long hair and short blonde hair. Like she always looks good. I'm looking, so for, see, I'm like looking up images of her right now as we're talking. She's stunning. Yeah. She's stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to kiss her face. <laughs> So she so she shapeshifts a bunch of times, right? Yeah. So she's a she's basically a shapeshifter, like she can look all different ways. And then it describes her as a dog, like a dog removing water from its coat. Like shaking and I'm it like, off. that is yeah. that is not very like appealing at all. Um, yeah. And then we have this random man in the audience this that say, "If I had her, I'd have a different girl every night." A man next to Cookie cried, "I could stop cheating. I really." Hate it. And then, like, a little girl's I like, I want that energy. I want to be just like all of her. I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, the <laughs> awful. The man's line is awful. It's so bad. But I can tell, just, I can like hear the smile in Tyra's voice as she wrote it, thinking, like, this is like fucking clever. Yeah, she's probably laughing hysterically. Okay. Truly. Um, so the, the crowd is freaking out. Then we get Simone, whose power is multiplicity. Mm-hmm. I had a harder time figuring out who this was. And I think each model is one of Tyra's friends, by the way. Um, <laughs> I think this is Simone Holtznagel, who was one of was on America's Next Top Model. And the reason why I think it's her is because she has sisters who are also models. I don't know if they're twins, but I feel like it had to be something like that, like sibling models that look alike. And it was the only Simone that I could think of uh, that would fit the build. I don't know if you were mm. thinking along those lines as well. Let's focus on the hair. She has a, her hair is in a... In like a um, basically like a bo- like a knot at the back of her head, like a bun, which actually that would fit. That would that would sort of be in the vein. Did they say? Did they say the color of her hair? I was just looking for that, and if it was blonde, then I'd be with you. I remember mm, piercing. Ink, um, oh no, her eyes were ink black, which yeah, that could be. It doesn't say her. It doesn't say her hair color, but I'm not sure of that one. I'm not like super sure of that one. I'm definitely sure of uh, Linda Evangelista. This one is like a theory more than anything. So then we get. To our third in Toxabella, yeah, who's Bev Joe. Jo. Do you know who this this is? Um, I don't know. Beverly, this is a really good one. Beverly Joe, somebody. Ever, who? Tell me. It's Grace Jones. Grace? Are you kidding me? No. Um, so Grace Jones. Grace Jones's middle name is Beverly. Oh my! And you're right. Like the sky high <laughs> cheekbones, sharp mm-hmm. jawline. Why it doesn't? It's well. We don't get a skin tone mentioned in this. Only one of them has a skin tone that's mentioned. I noticed that. Right. Um, right. So her, unfortunately, her power is disgusting. <laughs> Wait, um, this is horrible. Yeah, her power is, um, she ages to the age of 29 and then like sloughs off her skin and becomes, becomes 17 again and just keeps doing that until she perishes. <laughs> So she's a never 30, a 30 never. That's what it's called, a 30 never. And it's like, Tyra, I wonder if, like, Tyra's older now. She's probably in her 40s, right, Tyra? I don't know how old she is, but I wonder if she looks back at this and she was like, ah, I shouldn't have said all those things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, this is too much. And also, like, the, 
I will say, so, like, let's get into magic systems a little bit. When you set up, like, a power, like, you have to be careful not to make a character, like, too powerful. And mm -hmm. it was fascinating to me that, like, already within the world of this, like, each of these these girls, like, mind you, seven of them come out every single year. But these seven, like, so far have, like, godlike powers in this world. First of all, like, Super. the very first one can literally turn into anybody else like that's dangerous <laughs> in, in a world obsessed with modeling this person can like reverse age like we've got somebody who can like multiply herself and we'll see like in a second like they're like the powers only escalate from here and i'm like these 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 girls need to be like watched over this is dangerous they could really do some harm right and what i was thinking was what are they using these powers for are they only using it for modeling and capitalism? Let's well let's like, let's talk about Lamora, who's the next one. Like <laughs> let's let's get into it. Well, first of all, oh my who, god, who do you think this is based on? Do you have an idea? Oh, I know who this is. This is Kamora Lee. <laughs> this is definitely Kamora Lee. Um, it says she has dark hair and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, narrow eyes because Kamora Lee is Asian. Don't describe characters like that. Um, so seductive narrow eyes. So I was like, yeah. So Limora is definitely Kamora Lee. So she is an excite. She's an excite to buy the ability to um, sell. The ability to sell. <laughs> so she's like, she's like the capitalism model. And she she does this by yeah like she truly like this is this this is when like I started to get a little bit scared of these girls because she gives like an inverted V with her hand so like a peace symbol but like upside down I don't really know and immediately everyone including Tookie like thinks to themselves like I need to go buy something like anything horrible yeah like so like horrible. from 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 like you know transforming yourself to multiplying and suddenly now we have a girl who can like brainwash everyone into buying things I'm like that's this is this is getting scary to me. I hated this one so much. We're at the fifth Intoxabella right now. This person, I couldn't figure this one out. Mm -hmm. um, at first, based on the name Cindisa, I thought immediately Cindy Crawford. Mm -hmm. um, but she's platinum blonde. So I was like, who else could I pick? Because I really tried to pick either people who were associated with America's Next Top Model or who were like in like the famous 90s model circle mm -hmm. of, like, Tyra, mm -hmm. right? Because that's who she's most likely. Yeah. Also, um, and we'll put this in the show notes, but Tyra had this exhibit called uh, Tyra 15 where she recreated famous pictures of, like, her top 15 models. And a lot of these women are in her top 15 models, um, yeah. which is how I found out. Like, I sort Smart. of, like, cross-referenced them based on, like, my hunches, except for Kimora Lee. My boyfriend figured that one out. <laughs> That's um, incredible. <laughs> he's a genius. At, like, famous Cindy's now, and you're right. Like it's all Cindy Crawford, uh, which doesn't really fit with us. And her power makes me upset. Her power is seduction, but it's spelled a, a bad way. It's spelled with like many more letters than you think. But basically, seduction Wait, for no reason. Yeah, for no for no clear reason. Um, and she, her hair blows in the wind, and all the men in the crowd. So. She has a pretty limited idea of who she can seduce. She's only going after heterosexual couples here. Book is so hetero. So heteronormative. Oh, God. She sucks automatically. But a man goes, I'm ready to sin with Cindy right here, right now. One man yells. Ew. I hate, I hate it. Oh, it, does sound, it does sound like a fourth grade production, and like each kid has like their line, like, I'm a potato. Like, it's like very that <laughs> energy. <laughs> but like, but with like creepy, weird, like kind of like semi misogynistic lines just like spouting from people. But like, 
They have to pay these people if they're on equity. They have speaking yeah. roles. So next we have our six in Toxabella, and that's Katucha. <laughs> Katucha. And Katucha is, uh, for sure, a model named Katusha Nyan, who is a French model. She actually tragically died in 2015. Uh, but she is the one who's described with cocoa skin. She was actually a black mo- a supermodel. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that that's her. And she she would have been modeling, I think, around the same time as, as Tyra mm-hmm. or maybe a little bit earlier. Maybe she was like sort of someone who was like because she, she stopped modeling in 94, I think okay. uh, she became an activist. So she she definitely would have crossed paths at some point with Tyra. Or Tyra would have been like maybe inspired by her. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's at, that's her number six. Her power is six cents. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is actually I really love this part where it was like basically she can see into the future, which means that like her unusual she's described as having like a really like butt ugly outfit on. It's mismatched uh, on Blossom yeah. Square, but it's described as like she can see into the future and see what will be in like basically in style next year, and so like that's her power. But also <laughs> then it's like also she has enhanced sight, hearing, touch, taste, and smell. So like. Her thick sense is great, but also her other sense is also heightened. So it's basically like Wolverine in model form. And again, what do they... Why? <laughs> why? Yeah, what the, <laughs> what's the purpose? Like, the Oracle model also has, like, she's got a real good nose on her as well. Unclear. I'm a little tipsy just... <laughs> good. This, I, this <laughs> I need a so much crazy shit about to, to have. cope. Me as well. Me as well. The only reason they're telling us about this is because she's got, like, good senses. I would love for, like, this... Uh, I would love to see if this comes up later. And I really have this idea that, like, at some point, Toki's going to be, like, racing around Model Land. And um, they're going to, like, send Six Sense a girl after her. And she's going to, be like, find her by, like, smelling her. She's going to, like, hunt her down. Like, that would be great if, like, Toki has to, like, evade her. But otherwise, I don't think this is going to come up again. Yeah, we 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 have a lot of high hopes for continuity. And I feel like we're going to be let down. But... We'll see. Maybe Tyra will prove us yeah. wrong. There's some good world building that's about to happen as well in terms of like the triple seven. Do you want to explain what that is? So then after Six Sensa uh, leaves, uh, Tuki murmurs like, wow, like she's so impressed by it. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have minded having all those powers. As Katucha faded back into the atmosphere, the Belladonna cleared her throat. Unfortunately, once again this year, Madeline has not produced the ultimate Intoxabella, a triple seven. A girl possessing all seven powers. Okay. Yeah. What? I'm not good at math. But, but <laughs> why is a triple seven a girl who has seven powers? What What is the triple part of it? Like, what <laughs> is triple about any of this? <laughs> yeah. Well, also, not to, like, confuse this even more, but, like, all seven powers. So is it the same? What, do the girls have the same seven powers every year? And, like, they're, like, trained in, like, the school of, like, capitalist and like capitalism and like brainwashing like it's or there right. are like many powers and she just happens to have like the seven of that year and also if she's the seventh girl it means that she must have one power that all of them do not unless the power of having all the powers is the seventh power otherwise she's just i love that i know that you were slamming your i'm sorry there. no no i really like that because that's how i feel too no she actually does have an extra power because she we find out she teleports, right? Well, this, like well, yeah, she's a teleportling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I love they're like, we fucked up, but we think you're really gonna love our last and biggest disappointment. <laughs> Who can teleport? <laughs> Which this drove me crazy. This drove me crazy. So her name's Exodus, and 
immediately Tookie hears the word Exodus, which, remember, is like a code name between her and, um, what's her face? Lizzie. Lizzie, right, about, like, leaving life, basically, running away together. So Tookie's like, Exodus, like, could this be a sign? And Exodus is described as having the ability to to teleport, but what, what happens is not what I would describe as teleporting. It's, <laughs> she, she, first of all, again, we are watching her in a gigantic like mountain covered in blue flames mist and birds like that's the screen that we're looking at her on in that she falls backwards into a um a giant hole behind her i guess and then immediately the ground splits open and like a woman screams look out as like an earthquake envelops them all I, what that is so inconvenient. Like, like, people are going to know you're coming. You're going to damage so much property. Yeah. Like, what's the point? Yeah. And she, like, pops out of the hole. This is not... She must not have very good aim if she had to, like, teleport under the asphalt. She probably didn't mean to do that. She probably had her marks elsewhere. But, yeah, no, her... The idea of teleporting, she mostly just, like, burrows holes in space-time, I guess. But she pops out in the mall, which, to me, again, like, is this mall the only place that's be- I think they're to- in the parking lot by now they're in the right? parking lot right the mall parking lot but yeah. like mm. is the mountain only facing this because like <laughs> everyone else witnessing this across the nation just saw a girl like fall into a hole they're not getting an earthquake and like seeing the big reveal only Tookie is right unless there's cameras everywhere but we wouldn't know because <laughs> no one's telling us shit yeah. <laughs> truly <laughs> I love that um. she pops out of the ground Post. A human-sized exodus. <laughs> yeah, out popped a human-sized exodus. The glorious creature posed triumphantly, and then whipped her head around and locked eyes with Tookie, which again, like p- suddenly, no one can keep their eyes off of like Tookie, the vendor, this like wingtip person. Like the, our forget-a-girl status has been completely revoked. <laughs> exodus just goes, "Hi, what's your name?" <laughs> Ugh, I hate to see it. Why? It's. It- it's so, it's, <laughs> it's another not like other girls moment. It's just, yeah. there's so many of them. Not like other girls, she is not like other girls. Not like other girls, yeah. So she asks her what her name is, and of course Miracle like, screams. Push, she screams and like pushes Tookie out of the way. And she's like, Miracle de la creme, as she screamed. You're so pretty! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's also how I heard it. And then this has to be my favorite thing that has happened so far. Exodus, like, she doesn't respond. She just floats up into the air and goes, like, floats back to the mountain. I hate it. Oh, God. <laughs> she just rockets up. She's like, this girl's like, oh, you're so pretty. And Exodus is like, yeah, not this. <laughs> just like, why does she go back into her hole? She doesn't disappear into a hole this time. She just, like, fly. Like, this, this Exodus person is... She can do quite why a bit. Didn't she, why didn't she do that the first time? Like, come on. <laughs> so th- then we get the Belladonna's voice booming through the sky once more. Yeah. And I love this sentence because every word is followed by a period. So it's every girl in the world has the power within her to become a seven, the, the number, and then seven, the word. <laughs> Is it you? And then literally my mind went, want to be on top right after I read that. Because this is just America's Next Top Model. It's it's just America's Next Top Model. I feel like when what we were all watching, 
this is what was happening entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she just like wrote it down, but like the entire time, this was exactly the delusion that she was living in. <laughs> na, 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 na. <laughs> Um, I also, like, I'm sure as, like, characters drop later in the book, I'm gonna envision, like, the cast photo, and it's gonna be, like, that do-do-do-do-do-do, and they, like, fade away, you know, like, at the end of every episode. Exactly. I I hope they recreate that somehow. Um, Somehow. So fireworks burst around the Toxabellas. At this point, like, I'm guessing they're all visible at the same time, but we're not told this. We're just told that fireworks burst. Yeah. Um, the crowd cheered. Several people fainted, which is hilarious. Earlier, we we were told people are hysterically crying. Yeah. It's just, it, everything is great. Everyone's like screaming at this mountain. Like it's talking in conversation with them. And it is such a weird vision. Like, it's like, it's like weirdly religious in a yeah, way. Yeah, I was about and, like, to say very that. Yeah. yeah. Culty. It feels like very cult cultish to me mm-hmm. especially because like this pandemonium appears to maybe continue because there's like by the way we don't get Tookie's thoughts on what she just saw there, there's no reaction from her she does not have uh-uh. a reaction there's no she like says, wow. wow yeah yeah she says wow um and then because immediately she catches a glimpse behind a bench so she's not even paying attention to what's going on the fireworks like fuck that she's looking at a bench she sees two feet clad in doctor's booties God. and she draws in a breath and goes oh, lizzie and like and she's right like her friend lizzie is passed out behind a bench right next to her like while all of this is happening like that was that was amazing intuition i i don't know how that what luck <laughs> and that happens often like tyra Oh, Tookie just happens to like look in a certain direction mm-hmm. and something catches her eye or like here's the right thing. And it's just there's a lot of like convenience happening in this book to yeah. drive the plot forward as opposed to like Tookie having any sort of agency whatsoever to like make her encounter things because right. she's like actively looking for things right right? so like lizzie like came and got her it appears because lizzie is twitching wildly and having like a some sort of episode her eyes are rolling back in her head or whatever you're right like something's up with her she's she's speaking in um, a monotonous drone like she's um running a seance as that's the actual description and lizzie says so lizzie says and i'll say it in a monotonous drone because apparently she does they took her last night by her feet. The burning continued throughout the night. They cut open her blisters and poured liquid metal into her veins. Bravo! Thank that's you. <laughs> yeah. So that's the same. And like also, I just love the fact that she's also wearing like hospital booties, which in my head means that like Tookie saw her like feet first. So in my head, Lizzie's doing like a headstand <laughs> throughout all of us. She's like somehow upside down. <laughs> that's what, that's what. That's what made sense to me. Like, again, the choreo is just a mess, so. Do we ever find out how old Lizzie is? I always assumed she was the same age as Tyra, but do we know for sure? For Tookie, sorry. I don't know. I don't... Yeah, you gotta get that right. It's not Tyra. It's Tookie. I don't know. I always... I imagine Amy Sedaris playing the role of Lizzie. So, like, she's like a a lady. She's like a... She's like a full-grown adult who's, like, in, like, a... Like, a character-actress portion of her career. She's not ingenue anymore, and she's definitely not, like, the foil. She is the character role. I love that. Amy, call us. Um, yeah, this Amy. is not our book, but we're going to be involved somehow. Uh, Tyra, you'll you'll see. Yeah. Um, so so Lizzie then raises the cuffs of her yeah, pants. Takes off her um, pants. 
which were dragging on the ground and yeah. revealing feet that looked like they had been dipped in battery acid. So she's talking about herself, clearly, right? Like, she's talking about the girl that they took last night. Like, they poured liquid metal into her veins. So I'm assuming that, like, this dipped in battery acid thing is something that happened to Lizzie. Yeah. yeah. And... It's been alluded to that she has, like, voices in her head or whatever other thing Tyra uses to allude to her being messed up, which is not good. And my whole thing is, is Lizzie either related to Exodus or is she Exodus? Is she an Intoxabella? Definitely. I think she's a failed Intoxabella. I think that, well, okay. Do you want to hear my theory on this? Because I'll tell you. Yes, tell me. I think that girls go to model land, but not all girls make it. And, like, the rejected girls get, like, I don't know, like, broken down for parts or, like, experimented Mm. upon and are basically, like, put into the service of establishing the other seven. I think Lizzie's, like, an escaped version of this. Like, I think she either was a seven or, like, she left or something like that. I don't think she's CL, who's, like, the only other missing character. But I do think that she's related to, like, disappearing girls in model and something sorted about the way that they form models. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I like that because I was thinking that maybe she was actually she was actually Exodus and she actually did have triple seven powers and she could change what she looked like. Mm. So she could change between Lizzie and what Exodus looked like. Because it's so weird that their plan is called Exodus and this, this person's Intoxabella yeah. just happens to be named Exodus, but Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she was friends with her when they were both in Toxabellas, but it doesn't quite make that much sense because, I mean, nothing does. Nothing we know does. that. But it's 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 a spectacle. Like, everyone knows who gets picked, right? Like, right. everyone watches it or at least watches it on TV. Like, everything is reported on, so wouldn't There'd be some record know? of this person. Yeah, right. Right. So... That's very strange to me. Lizzie, like, whispers Exodus. She's like, we gotta go. And (laughs) Tookie's, like, freaking out. And she's like, we gotta go tomorrow. And then wingtip. Yeah. Tookie turns at the sound of her mother's voice. This is still a crime standing near the parked cars. The sense of place is all... I just can't. I don't know. She's behind a bench. She looks annoying. Yeah, there's a parking lot. And Creamy's like, we gotta go. Like, Creamy... Who is looking at her daughter hunched over a, like, person wearing, like, a doctor's robe and, like, little booties bleeding everywhere. Also, why is Why is there a bench in the parking lot? This all does nothing. nothing I don't know. I I don't know. Um, But Exodus has apparently been, I'm sorry, not Exodus, Wingtip has been there the entire time because he goes, you all right? (laughs) Like... (laughs) As if this entire thing had not happened with, like, showing... Like, like Wingtip has not missed a beat. He's picking up right where he left off. Because remember, the last thing he said was, like, are you all right? And then we got, like, the presentation. And now, like, that's done. And he's like, hey, I asked you a question. <laughs> you never answered me. Excuse me, rude. So his face is crumpled with sadness. Yeah. <laughs> and he has his shoes slung over his shoulder. We already know that. Thank you, Tookie. Mm-hmm. Tookie's surprised. She tries to wipe away her tears. Yeah. Pretends she's fine. Mm-hmm. And she's Strong like, girl. usually people don't notice me. It's like not 
like patently not true. Like everyone's demanding th- something from her. Like her friends come out of the bushes. This like person's talking to her mother, screaming at her. Like she I don't believe it. She talks about how people stare at her all the time. <laughs> yeah. The vendor called her weird. <laughs> they just don't have the reaction that you want them to have, right? It's That's different. not the same as not noticing you. So Wingtip's like, what's got you so sad, little lady? The way people talk in this book is just not realistic. And then he took a bite out of some taters and mash. <laughs> it's like Officer Crumpke from yeah. the West Side Story. Like, who talks this way? Yes. So she she's immediately rude to him. Like, I'm not supposed to look at you, let alone speak with you. And he's like, nothing I'm not used to. And then she blurts out, why do you talk to yourself? <laughs> he's talking to you. Whatever. <laughs> she's... He calls her again. He's like, little lady, when your world has been ripped right from under you, you tend not to trust much of what anybody says. Anybody but yourself, that is. And I thought that was beautiful in the last line. And I I do a good job keeping myself company. I was like, wow, this is the first, like, thing that impacted me. I was like, a character has said something that I think, like, could get quoted on Goodreads. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this conversation is like the first like longer conversation yep. that has like any sort of meat to it. Mm-hmm. I hate that she says confession time to him. This like, was, this I was feel nuts. like that would never happen. She says, "Okay, confession time." Uh, Who is this? Sometimes I speak to person? myself too. Yeah. Since nobody else does. Like they could have taken confession time out of that and it would have read a lot better yeah i don't know her way of this is also this is like a kind of person that annoys me where like their way of like it's like someone has told you something sad about your, themselves and your response is like me as well me as well i i go through that as well i also know i know about I also sadness. know about this wingtip's like it'll stop you from going crazy and she's like crazy huh my mom says you're crazy like this is all over the place yeah but they're having like a little like like they're like chit-chatting like they're like a they're like pals now somehow also, the mother is presumably still looking at her daughter being like, come on. Um, but they're having like, a fun talk about how, like, they both hate Creamy. Um, and uh, and once again, Wingtip calls her a smart little lady. Uh, so that's that's the thing. That's, this is three little ladies in about as many words. It also occurs to me the fact that, like, she just took Lizzie disappearing as, like, the law and, like, didn't look around. Like, didn't... <laughs> oh, yes. Lo- like, didn't swivel around. Didn't call out to her friend. Like... She was just like, she's not in the spot where I was last looking. Oh, well. And just immediately gives up. I thought that was crazy because it's like, how far could she have gone? Really? Wait, oh my God, you're right. Lizzie vanishes (laughs) in the middle of this. Right, she vanishes and Tookie immediately just like give, like she doesn't try to find her at all which is like consistent because she hasn't really cared about her up until she's like confronted with her reappearing in her life right it, it's true yeah lizzie who was bleeding to death a second ago has like presumably rolled away and she's just like well <laughs> okay bye she doesn't even like 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 i said like she doesn't even make like a physical effort to like swirl around and look for her like no. you would think she'd like run down the plaza like the parking lot like calling her name like lizzie lizzie where are yeah. you like she's hurt like freak out nope She's just like, I'm sad. So she commiserates with Wingtip about being sad. He encourages her to go for her dreams, right? He's like, yeah, this is nice. You've got a beautiful light. The only, that only a few people can see shining brightly inside of you. A light? Um, He repeated. And and she's like, or a blight. (laughs) Yeah, gotcha. Or a plight. Like she, she immediately riffs on it, which took you, you little stinker. You little lady, you're crazy. (laughs) 
Uh, go for your destiny, girl. Dream big, he says. Take it from a sad and crazy man who talks to himself. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a caricature of, like, crazy vagabond man. Great, really beautiful writing. Everyone's entitled to dream, you know. Even you. This is like, you know, Tyra should have written Reverie, my book, because this is, we're basically writing the same <laughs> book at this point. Um, Some dreams chase you back. Yeah, the, the next line is, dreaming is dangerous, though. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, she stole from me, or I stole from her. This could have been a formative work if I had read it early enough, but unfortunately, uh, she, did not. She says it sets you up for disappointment, Sad. and then Wingtip is shocked, and he says, who gave you that idea? And Tookie's like, first of all, she runs her tongue over her teeth. Why? Mm-mm, like, mm-mm. <sighs> Anyway, her parents, and she says her parents, her parents, um, she almost said, but she doesn't. And I I actually really liked that, except for the whole tongue over the teeth thing, because it's like... She knows. I would have liked some more context behind, like, what her mom would have wanted. It's very clear what her dad wanted and what happened to his dreams. Mm, Right. Um, We still don't have, like, that much backstory as to why Creamy is the way that Creamy is. But the fact that she doesn't let herself get her hopes up because her parents are like, quote unquote, failures a little bit, Mm -hmm. like in their own minds, at least like her mom has a good job. Right. But I think that she's unhappy overall, like with her marriage and like with her home and her daughter, clearly and her daughter. So like, that's what she's sort of like basing her beliefs off of. And I, and I like that. I feel like it's a good insight into like why she won't let herself expect more from life. It's more than just like being a forget girl. It's like. Her parents, yeah. too. Like, her parents... It's like, it's like an inherited depression. Dreams fell apart. Right, yeah. Right. Oh, that's rich. That would be great. But you're right. We only... <laughs> the ex- the extent of the exploration of that thought is that she ran her tongue over her teeth. Um, the rest of it is sort of left up to the to the reader to sort of piece together. So right. we, we don't get any of that. Um, instead, what we get are some fireworks that explode. So hope that's satisfying for you, Clarabelle. Um, and uh, we <laughs> get guess. another little lady. Uh, if you don't dream, you'll wind up... Not just talking to yourself, but answering your own questions, wearing last week's clothes, and walking around with a shoe over your shoulder. So basically, aka you'll be like, yeah, me. like a fate worse than death in Metopia. <laughs> just a single shoe over your shoulder, and apparently he gets clothing every single week, which is more luxurious than even me. So it actually sounds kind of nice, but whatever. And he's like, "I'll be seeing you," and like gives her like a little like hat tip and leaves. The old wingtip shoe bouncing against his back. I, this The wingtip shoe is driving me nuts, but we're not going to focus on that. Because yeah. immediately Creamy Whatever. swoops in and her mother is, like, physically dragging her out of the bushes. <laughs> She's like, how dare you abandon us? It's like, what? Such drama. Such drama. Well, like, I actually think it's warranted, which, like, don't come at me for this. But So Creamy yells, you dropped Miracle's dress on the ground, and the whole entire crowd traipsed over it. And now it's, like ruined basically and like we did not know that i did not know that toki was holding a dress i did not know that she like dropped a dress they didn't they tell didn't us t- that's why yeah, they didn't tell us and so suddenly i'm like oh well no wonder her mom's like like toki the extent that we hear about like creamy and this is creamy's like hurry up like daughter of mine but actually as it turns out like toki's like dropping shit people are stepping on things she's not picking them up she's running to the bushes like actually probably a, a real inconvenience for the rest of the family it sucks that she dropped the the bag the with the dress in it right like that's warranted but like how dare you abandon us yeah that's, like, yeah, that's, <laughs> doesn't, that's not what she did she didn't abandon you like calm down a little yeah. bit oh yeah agreed so i would have loved to have some tension in the moment where like 
she lost Miracle's dress, but she she dropped it in her haste to go find Lizzie, right. and then she freaked out and started crying because she didn't know where it, what where it was. And then Wingtip found her, he and like her. he yeah. found the dress maybe, and like yeah. handed it back to her. And then like it would have established him as like actually doing something as opposed to just like lightly stalking and being her. like, "Hey, hey, you okay? I asked you a question." Yeah, like right. you're right. Like such a more powerful and active moment would be if. Tookie had chosen to pursue her friend's well-being over the dress, like, is actively choosing something for herself for once, and it puts her into a, like, deeper, shittier position with her family. In Wink to right. like, yeah, I totally agree. Him finding it and handing it to her, her mom's still getting mad at her for, like, ruining this, like, precious dress. That's really beautiful and, like, elegant, but nope, nope, none of that. You're, again, you're, like, doing the hard work for her. Like, none of that happens. Like, apparently a dress was dropped at one point. We didn't even know like when but it's been trampled on and now we're leaving them all tookie is like she got caught up by Uh everything by everything like searching for an excuse and creamy of course blinked hard at her and she had a cruel smile spread across her face i hate this it's like why so and it's like what what does all this matter to a girl like you tookie Mm, and mm, this is like the first mm. moment that like we see any sort of personality from Tookie in terms of her mom because Tookie swallowed normally she would have wilted turned away and told Creamy she was right but it suddenly felt like she just put on a steely coat of armor Mm. exodus she thought Mm. everyone's entitled to dream you know even you and said that so that she doesn't say that she just thinks about that because those are wingtips words to Mm -hmm. her right so she's thinking both of Lizzie and escaping and of what wingtip said to encourage her Mm -hmm. And then Tookie actually says to her mom, you'd be surprised, um, Tookie said, emboldened. And then she turned away. <laughs> and and that is the end of chapter six. She, she delivered a blow to her mother and then turned around, but presumably then got in the car because they were in a parking lot. Uh, oh, my God. Horrible. And they had to ride home. <laughs> And Creamy was probably, like, throwing wilted bananas at her the entire time. Really horrifying. <laughs> I, I, this chapter, oh my, I cannot wait for you to recap it. That, so... I don't know what I'm gonna so say. Much <laughs> I can't, I can't believe it. Like, I, I, we just, let's get to the rose and the thorn. I'm like, I don't even know where to begin with this. I felt like I, I feel like I'm choking on roses and, like, bound by thorns. There's just so much to work with. My rose, my rose is um, even though it was pretty late in the book and even though it was very out of nowhere and disorienting, I really enjoyed the glimpse into sort of the world building of the system of the Intoxibellas and the Seven. And I really, you know, I grew up on like Sailor Moon and anime, so I love a good montage where like each character shows their like special power. And now hearing that these models are um, sort of like hook into like the reality of like Tyrus contemporaries. I think that's kind of fun. I think that's kind of cool. I mean, it's super silly, but mm-hmm. but I enjoy that. Like, I, th- this is sort of the first time that like I felt the world interest me in a way that wasn't like garish and cartoonish, because that's kind of what we've been getting so far. As for as for a thorn, like just the fact that there's just so much going on, and like this this is such a discombobulated novel. Not even the physical realm, which you know that's tough for this, but just the fact that like. We're at a mall. Suddenly there's this, like, massive announcement. Like, there's, like, an earthquake, and that's somehow not the most major thing that happens. Um, Like, this person comes out of the blue. Like, the, like, weird candy person from, like, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like, Lizzie shows up. Like, this just... It was a hodgepodge of details, and um, while it was a rush to read, um, it was... uh, I have to say that this is... this. I have to 
I have to say that the editing on editing on this was a little bit um rumpled. That's what I would say. <laughs> That's my thorn. It was rumpled. It was rumpled, it was like, rumpled like a dress. Like creamy's <laughs> yeah. face. <laughs> yeah, like creamy's face, who again, let us remind you she's old. <laughs> <laughs> creamy's hot body. Fucking <laughs> crazy looking face. <laughs> vulture faced but hot <laughs> hot body yeah what um, about you okay so for my rose i'm gonna pick the i i do like the intoxicella um sort of intro as well yeah. but i'm gonna pick tookie actually not only standing up to her mom mm. but also using the advice of someone albeit a stranger on the street right. and um the hope of escaping with her best friend Yep. To sort of fuel her, I felt like it was probably the first, like, successful callback that we've yeah. had in the book. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was good. And if it did feel good to be like, shut the fuck up. It landed. Yeah, it landed well. You're mm-hmm. right about that. And then I would say my thorn was definitely the disorienting sense of movement <laughs> and place. Uh, where's the mountain? Where are we? How are we seeing it from the mall? Why is Lizzie both like far away and close at the same time? How are we? Ev- how can we hear every everything like conveniently, but also like be in this huge right. crowd of loud screaming people with a mountain like doing magic in front of us? It's a lot. Uh, so I'm gonna say that <laughs> I could pick more, but yes. that's the one I'm gonna pick. <laughs> so basically, you're saying the like ninety percent of the chapter was the thought. <laughs> Really, Zadie. Yeah, I felt like I had whiplash. I feel I felt kind of nauseous in like a psychic way as we like raced between everything. It was that's that's valid. That's valid as hell. Yeah, it was it was so much. Um, so so I, I I'm thinking that the book club is probably just about wrapping up. I hear chairs moving outside yeah. the door. Yeah. Uh, just press my ear against it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed because it's a little dark in here. We should probably bring like a lantern. Yeah. Maybe nothing with an open flame, though, due to the, you know, intense amount of taffeta raining down upon us. Ooh, we, we should put twinkle lights. Twinkle lights would be... I have some fairy lights that I could bring in. Yeah, bring those next okay. time. We'll really, like, make this place look okay. good. I'll bring a little fan, too, because it gets kind of yeah, hot Yeah, I can get a little here. bit hot. I think we need, like, a like a, a diffuser. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What yeah. scent would you want to put in our diffuser? How about peppermint for Peppertown? Peppermint for Peppertown. That sounds, like, kind of fun. I want, I want the smell of... Um, Delorna or Ladorna or whatever it is. It was. It's like a sweet sea smell. That sounds kind of nice. Ooh, yeah, yeah. A, sea, a sea salt or a something. Sea salt. They also said something about blood orange, but that was the mountain. The mount- yeah, the mountain. Whatever. Oh, I forgot that the mountain smelled like blood oranges, and also felt like like satin brushing Tookie's elbow. We sort of glossed over that, but. The oh my god, the and there was also the weird giggle. Oh, I, I forgot, forgot to mention that. Giggle. Oh god. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, I mean, uh, I felt like I was maybe Denisa or whatever her name is, the sixth sensor. Like, I truly felt like I had my senses on high alert when that mount showed up. It was a rush. Yeah, it feels like drugs. This book definitely does. Um, yeah, it says Tookie heard a soft, alluring giggle in her ear. No. That's scary. That's I'm sorry, guys. That's really creepy. I, You know what? So far, I stand the like giant blue flaming giggling mountain. Like That's the character that I see myself in this book. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I- Okay, so thanks so much, everyone, for listening. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at CelebBKClub and on Insta at Celebrity underscore Book Club. And you can always email us at CelebBookClub at gmail.com. If you want to follow me on social media, 
I'm at Clarabelle underscore Tega on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And my website is ClarabelleOrtega.com. And if you would like to check in with your good buddy Ryan, you can find me on Twitter at Reality. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and uh, I'm making YouTube videos right now. So come come find me on YouTube. It's fun. Yeah! And make sure you subscribe to uh, Celebrity Book Club. I almost called this podcast Model Land. <laughs> it is not called Model Land. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a nice review and tell all your friends about us. Yay! Yay. Thanks, guys. We'll Thanks s- for coming. We'll see you next week. We're gonna go sneak out. Okay, okay yeah. Shh, shh, shh. Ready? 